Welcome to Sure Foundation Lutheran Church's podcast channel. The following sermon was preached on Christmas Eve, 2023, on the basis of Luke chapter 2, verses 1 to 20. Of the characters in the Christmas account from Luke 2, the ones that we know the least about are the ones who get the most verses. Just to put this in perspective, the whole birth of Jesus takes up seven verses, while the shepherds take up 13, which is a little surprising. Because we know a fair amount about Joseph and we know a little bit more about Mary, but who are these shepherds? Well, since they aren't specifically named, we can't really know who they were specifically. All we can really do is talk about what typical shepherds were like in that day, uh, which is still a worthwhile uh, topic to discuss because uh, these shepherds were an important part of this story. And and we want to get a picture of who these shepherds were. Well, shepherds were most likely rough and tough men. They worked with animals, they worked with their hands, their office was outside in all of the elements, and most of the time they even slept outside. It was a difficult job. They they had to endure harsh weather conditions, and the Judean countryside was filled with many predators that loved themselves some lamb chops. The shepherds were responsible for protecting their flocks, which is why they slept outside a lot of times, to protect their flocks from those predators. So, based on the description of their job, do you think you could start to get a picture of of what these men might have been like? I know we live in the big city of South Dakota here, but I'm going to guess that that you know some men like this, or you're related to men like this, or maybe you are a man like this. This is the, the rancher type. That's hardworking and stoic. There's nothing flashy about this kind of guy. Uh, the the quote-unquote elites of society couldn't even begin to understand this man's life. Can you picture a man like that? Now, although we aren't told much about the shepherds, it's, it's a pretty good picture to have of them. They weren't animated. They weren't showy. They weren't extravagant. Uh, you wouldn't expect big reactions out of these guys. So, perhaps it's, it's worth noting then, as we work through the 13 verses of the shepherds, it's worth noting their reactions. The first few verses go like this. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. The first reaction? Terror. Now, I don't know what you picture when you picture angels, but if you picture a cute, cartoonish, baby-looking angel holding tiny little harps, well, (laughs) that's not what angels were like. They were God's great defenders. They, They were fighting the spiritual war that's going on around us. And they were God's messengers, who usually elicited fear as the first emotion. Just earlier in in the book of Luke, in Luke chapter 1, there were two angel appearances. One where an angel appeared to Zechariah, and it says that he was startled and gripped with fear. And when Gabriel appeared to Mary, it says she was greatly troubled. 
it might have been a little bit because Angels kind of came out of nowhere and surprised them. It could have been a little bit about how the Angels actually looked. But most of it was this. The Angels were holy. They were perfect. And the presence of perfect holy beings is too much for even the roughest and toughest men. You may think yourself to be pretty brave, but when sinners stand before true holiness, they can do nothing but cower in fear. And they cower in fear because in the presence of holiness, they instantly are alerted to the fact that they lack holiness and that they are unworthy. Sinners instinctively know that their sinfulness deserves judgment and punishment from the divine. So, make no mistake about it, if you were in the same shoes as the shepherds, you would be reacting in terror at the appearance of this holy being, this angel. You know, in fact, uh, when we hear God's holy law, and when we compare ourselves to God's holy law, we really ought to find ourselves in the same posture as these shepherds. Terrified because we don't measure up, because we are far from holy, because we deserve punishment from a holy God. Yet I kind of notice that when we confess our sins here, I don't see anybody hiding under a chair, and, and it's a good thing that you, you aren't. And it's because you know what the angel is about to say next. The angel says, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Now, what are the chances that the long-promised Messiah, who was God in the flesh, would be born in Bethlehem? A town that was tiny, a town that it used to have maybe a little bit of glory, but, but it was long past that glory time. What are the chances that the Savior from David's line would have his birth announced first to shepherds? You know, from a human perspective, no one would have planned the most important birth for Bethlehem or announced the birth of a king first to lowly shepherds. But from God's perspective... This was always how it would be. Because God's Son entered history for a specific purpose, to take our place. And in order to take our place, he needed to be like us in every way, yet be without sin. What percentage of the population would be able to see Jesus as their substitute, as being like them, if he was born to royalty and wealth in a heavily guarded palace? Well, the answer, of course, very few. Yet our Savior was born in the lowliness of a stable in the village of Bethlehem to an impoverished teenager from Galilee and his birth was first announced to shepherds. Because this child would bring the good news to all people. He would be the gospel for all people. Through this child, people would no longer cower in terror before holiness and perfection because this child came to clothe mankind with his holiness and perfection. That he would present us as his radiant church without wrinkle or any other blemish but holy and blameless. This child came to make peace between God and man. 
after the angel announces the birth of Jesus, more angels show up. Verse 13 says, Suddenly a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. Just an amazing display. The gospel has been proclaimed, and, and how would these rough and tough shepherds react? Well, they, it says this, When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. The shepherds react by going to the manger to see. Not because they thought the angel was lying. They believed the message of the angel because they knew the message had come from the Lord and that it would be exactly as they said. Look look at the text again. They say, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened. They believed it has already happened which the Lord has told us about. Although this word is coming to them through an angel, uh, which was an amazing sight, uh, make no mistake about it, but they knew that this message came from the Lord. And the shepherds had faith in the good news. They react by believing the good news, and they had faith in that message that the angels proclaimed. The message of good news is still good today. 2,000 years later, this message of Jesus' birth is still powerful, and it's still good news for us. And God promises that through this good news, the Holy Spirit works, and that this gospel brings people from darkness to light, from unbelief to belief, from skepticism to certainty. Every believer finds that their light, their belief, and their certainty is rooted in in their Savior, who on Christmas lay in that manger. Okay, then what do the shepherds do? It says, When they had seen them, they spread word concerning what had been told them about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. I think this is amazing. They hear the words of the angels, and they are obviously amazed. This display that the angels put on was was amazing. And they go and they see the, the child in this stable lying in a manger and they're not unimpressed. They don't just look at the child and say, well, this is just a, a child, a helpless baby. It looks like every other child out there. They believed that this was the, the Son of God, the Messiah, the one who the, she- the, the angels had, had promised to them because they had faith. And faith allowed them to see this child in the manger through eyes of faith. And then they were so amazed that they had to go tell people. These rough and tough shepherds went and told others about Jesus. Now, now keep in mind, these shepherds weren't the socialite extrovert types. But they were so filled with the good news that they could not keep it to themselves. They needed others to know that the Messiah had been born. You may picture them going up to random people and telling them, and, and maybe that's exactly what they did, but more likely is that they knew people in Bethlehem. After all, Bethlehem was a small community. So when they heard the good news and saw Jesus, they went and told their family and their friends and their neighbors because they wanted them to share in their joy. You know, the good, good news still moves people to respond this way. Because sin's forgiven, is not news that you keep under wraps. 
because eternal life is not something that only a rare few people would care about. This news is too good not to share because the good news of Jesus fills the biggest need that everyone has, whether they know it or not. So, the encouragement we can take from the shepherds is love someone enough to let them in on the good news. Finally, we hear, The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. Their final reaction was worship. They worshiped the Lord. When things were just as they had been told, they worshiped. You know, when you come to worship, you, you many times know what to expect. You, you know that we're going to confess our sins, and you know what the answer is going to be. You know that, that the pastor is going to respond with the absolution, that he's going to forgive you your sins, yet you come and you confess anyways, although you know that you are forgiven and that you will be forgiven by the Lord. You come, you confess your sins anyways, because you are coming to worship. You are coming to find things just as you had been told. You have been promised in God's word that when you confess your sins, your sins will be forgiven. You have come to find things just as you were told, so you worship. You know when you come to worship that, that you, will hear, uh, uh, you will hear God's word read from, from the front. You will hear a, a sermon that, that includes law and gospel. Yet you come anyways. You come anyways because you come to find things just as you have been told, just as you have been promised. Because you've been promised that the word of God is powerful. You've been promised that the sacraments are powerful, and so you come to receive of them. When you find things just as you have been told, you worship. Now, we don't hear about the shepherds much after this. But this would have been a memory that they never would forget. Because the depth of meaning of that baby lying in the manger is impossible to quantify. It means everything. Because God entered history for us. Because God became flesh and made his dwelling among us. Because God humbled himself on Christmas to save us. May we always respond the way the shepherds responded. May we respond in faith. May we share that joy with others. And may we have a life full of worship. Amen. Hi there, Pastor Wilkie here. Thanks for taking time this week to, to be in the Word and to grow in your faith. We know that where the Word is preached, the Holy Spirit is working to strengthen and to create faith in the hearts of people. Because we know that's the case, uh, and if you enjoy these sermon podcasts, we'd, we'd really love it if you'd share these with your friends. Uh, this is a, an easy way to evangelize and to get the word into people's ears. And, and as a way of also doing that, could you hit like or subscribe wherever you are listening to this podcast? This is just a way that we are able to be seen by more people so that more people may hear this gospel message. We hope you'll join us next week as we, we dive into God's word yet again. God bless.